Have you recently taken your house off the market or has the listing expired and now your real estate agent's asking you to reimburse them for expenses? Well, that's what we're discussing on today's episode of KT Confidential, the real estate podcast. Enjoy. Welcome to KT Confidential. The real estate podcast. I like your shirt, by the way. I like your shirt, by the way. Thanks. Thank you. So today we are discussing a common question. This has actually come up several times in the past, but it's never actually been a consideration. So I've always blown it off and not made a big deal about it. But today's discussion is about... What happens what if happens, my home doesn't sell? Yeah, we were trying to word figure out how to word this properly. What happens if my home doesn't sell with regards to expenses that real estate agents are investing into the house? So they spend money painting or staging or decorating, whatever it is. What happens? Who pays the bill? Do you have to reimburse the agents Photos, or Photos. Yeah. Video. Floor plans. Virtual tours, Advertisements. There's all these expenses. Brochures. Marketing, advertising, Facebook ads, all of those things, huge expenses. Yeah. So I was at a client's house recently who uh, recently hired somebody to sell their house. It didn't work out. And uh, they've subsequently hired us to list it in the new year. And they reimbursed their agent for staging costs. I don't know the dollar amount, but I don't believe it was discussed Prior to the listing, they also asked for money for photos, which they said no, they're not going to. Wow. They're not going to pay for that. My mom, this is a sore spot, who listed with another agent. Um, they yes, so hang on because I, I want to touch on that because you said it's a sore spot. Yes, my you're, mom's you're, just a little crazy you're, sometimes. Your mom lives She's in the in, heart of downtown Toronto. Yeah, yeah, it's not an area you trade in regularly, no. and and it's. It's far for us. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes it's better. Close family. That may be, especially during this time. Maybe during market. This, this market. Yeah. So she hired somebody else, the local agent who does a lot of business in her neighborhood. And I wasn't bothered by that. It was the way she went about it that upset me. And she knows. I've does she listen to the podcast? With her. No, but I'm sure Robbie will like. Post, Cheryl, how dare post you? Post this part. Uh, anyway, so she. Um, I don't, with her too, I don't know if it was discussed prior to the listing, but her agent did several things. They installed new carpet in the basement and painted something. Out of their pocket? Yeah. Painted something in the mm, basement. That's why I recommend to realtors, if it's your own expenses, like photos, video, signage, except staging, et cetera, et cetera, that is an understandable realtor expense. But if it comes to actually improving the home, that should be a homeowner expense. I agree. I agree. So did her home sell? No, they pulled it off the market. And she reimbursed for like the hard costs of things that improve the property. So carpet and painting. Okay. okay. Um, I feel like maybe she asked for other things too that they decided not to reimburse. And I recommended that she doesn't. And for me, I don't think there's a problem with an agent asking for reimbursement in those scenarios. Um, because in many cases, it, it could be the homeowner just getting sick and tired of not selling or whatever circumstances arise. And they say, we're going to pull the listing. So that's not the, the realtor's fault, right? The realtor's done their job. and But the problem is it should be discussed in advance. It has to be discussed in advance. So 
when you list your property for sale, you're going to sign a standard listing agreement. In that listing agreement, it spells out how long the property is going to be listed. Is it going to be listed exclusive or MLS? And what the remuneration is for that agreement. If there is anything outside of that standard agreement, there needs to be a schedule added to that agreement that breaks it down. And in that schedule, you could identify any changes to commission as an example. So if, as an example, if it sells within 30 days. As an example. I'm just saying, you you said it like four times as an example. As an example. (laughs) If it sells within 30 days, as an example, (laughs) commission is X. If it sells within 60 days, commission is X. If the property doesn't sell, the seller is to reimburse the seller's realtor in the amount of... Like it all needs to be spelled out very specifically. Well, and on that note, as with anything contractual, and this applies to when you're buying or selling anything, make sure any clauses are very factual and specific. Don't leave it open. Don't say the seller will reimburse the agent for staging. Because what if the, what if you. It has to be if X happens and then what happens after that. And when. And when. Yeah. The seller will reimburse the pretty well like any clause that you write in a in an agreement in real estate. Two weeks of cancellation, X amount of money, but don't um, make sure you are specific. Who is responsible? <clears throat> what are they responsible for? How much are they responsible for? And what if something else happens? Yes. And many times when you sign a listing agreement, you won't know the staging costs yet. That's very common. <clears throat> so that is, it's reasonable to think that this is an amendment to the listing agreement. So whatever you sign in the beginning, if it has any reference to this sort of stuff, just make sure you are very specific. You cap it or you ask this, you know, the real estate agent is to provide proof of costs or something like that. Or you could do just a flat, flat amount, ballpark it. So you could. I, I, yeah. Or you could just have the staging company build the, um, build the seller directly. But basically the answer to what happens if my house doesn't sell has to start with that discussion in the onset. If you're having that discussion later, then it's up to interpretation as to what is reasonable or feasible. And that can lead to a lot of misunderstanding. It can lead to a lot of um, tension, we'll say. Yeah. So I would say if you're in a position now where you have terminated your agreement or it has expired and you've been released from your listing agreement with the the brokerage and your real estate agent has come to you and asked for reimbursement. If it wasn't discussed in the beginning, the onset of this relationship, and there's no documentation of it anywhere, I would say you shouldn't feel obligated to because that's their responsibility as a professional to quite honestly to, to break that down. If a realtor is asking for reimbursement on those expenses, 
it probably means they got no money, which means they're not selling a lot of homes. So it might be best for you to part ways anyway. Well, and but this has been a discussion. The, the, the other part of it is determining, again, what happens if. So if you sign a listing agreement and it's a six-month agreement, which ours all are, if we haven't sold the home in six months, it could be because of the market. It could be because we didn't do a good enough job, whatever, but we were given that time per the contract and we didn't get the job done. Now, if the seller comes to us in two months and says, I've changed my mind, we may not have discussed a reimbursement in the onset of the listing agreement. That's a good point. So now it would be a discussion because we have a six-month contract. You want to break it at two months because of whatever. We've done our job up till now. We've incurred. So to give you folks an idea on a 1.5 million, our average was almost $1.4 million for 2023, average selling price amongst all of our listings and sales. Uh, on a $1.4 million property, it is very likely that we will spend $10,000 on that property before it's sold. You know, $10,000 is is a lot of money. So if the seller comes to us in 30, 60 days and says, you know what, my brother is going to buy it, well, I'm out of pocket ten grand. Well, in that situation, though, you're still compensated, regardless of who the buyer. Okay, is. that was a bad example. But if you so, just say, so they okay. say, I'm not. Uh, we can't find anything on the market that we like to buy. We decided we're going to stay here for the next three years until the market shifts again, or whatever. They change their mind. They want to take it off the market prematurely. Prematurely. I think in that scenario, I think that a conversation should be had. I think in that scenario, the right thing to do on the seller's part would be to say, I understand that you've incurred a lot of expenses. We've changed our mind. Can, well, I'm going through, I won't talk about it because I'm going to jinx myself, but I am going through this scenario at the moment with one of our listings and the seller was proactive in saying that they will pay for any expenses incurred. I didn't even bring it up. Mm -hmm. So that would be the right thing to do. But generally speaking, have these discussions during the time where you are signing any listing contracts. Ask the questions then and there so there are no surprises. So you know what you're getting into both financially and contractually. And, another, and that way you're covered. Another thing that's important there too is with regards to the length of the contract, because you get a lot of people who, uh, well, as you were mentioning, our contracts are six months in length. And there's a lot of people who will find that to be long and they'll try to negotiate it down. I think what they're not taking into consideration is the expenses that go into it. Because we have a lot of skin in the game, we're committed, you know, committing a lot of financial resources to a property when it goes on the and market. Time. And well, you got to think, if, even if it's, it's not the, just the financial resources, like I threw out no, the number absolutely. 10 grand on a $1.4 million listing at 10 grand, that's fine. But if it sits on the market for 90 days, let's say, that's three months plus the time leading up to the listing, 
you're talking about a four or five month. I talked about this in a recent podcast that one of my recent listings, it was a nine month relationship from start to closing. And you factor in time, like, you know, I keep a log of on a lot of my listings of the hours that I'm investing in there. And then you have other people on the team like Jen, Tiffany, Robbie, and Ian that all invest time into preparing the listing and getting it on the market. So we could easily be in terms of billable man hours somewhere between 100 to 150 hours of time. Mm -hmm. And then how much do you value each hour, right? So yeah, yeah, so that is a huge uh, component in it. The other thing you talk about duration of the contract, I always like to have a contract that keeps me under contract representing the sellers beyond the closing date of what's agreed. So in the event that it doesn't close, we are still representing that listing and can continue to market it without having to make any new changes. Fortunately, it hasn't happened often, but there have been circumstances where we couldn't close because of... Uh, things out of our control where the buyers weren't able to get financing or had, you know, second thoughts and back to the deal, uh, usually to their Thanks for the sound effects, Christopher. Usually to their detriment. Uh, but yeah, then we had to relist the property. Unfortunately, we were still under contract and we could do it quickly. Right. Well, so that's, that's it. That that's <laughs> summarizes it pretty well. Yeah. So, and I hadn't thought of that. So that's a good point to bring up because generally speaking, I would say if it hasn't been discussed in advance, uh, you shouldn't feel obligated to pay it. But if you're the one initiating the termination and it's, and it is really early in the contract, then I think something should be said where you should compensate somehow, come to an agreement, be open-minded. What if the agent is doing just a shitty job? <clears throat> well, define, I guess define shitty though I, too. Right? Well, I guess that that's the thing with any situation. There's so many circumstances that could surround this, and you know, in the in the instance where I was talking about this one that we'll be taking on in the new year, I, that was a, there was a it lot is of the new year. It's January fifteenth, right? <laughs> You'd think we recorded these a little bit early. Uh, you know, this Christmas decor is still up. This particular, oh, right. This particular uh, scenario. We haven't made any announcement, by the way, about uh, new things happening for KT well, in 2024. We'll remember that for the next podcast. Okay. Or we could just record a social post. Right. Anyways, there was. Uh, Maybe we'll do that today. They hadn't sold. The contract was coming to an end, but they were really unhappy with the whole process. So there's, you know, there's a, more to it. Um, I think you need to evaluate your unique circumstances and figure out what's fair. Yeah, all parties need to be reasonable and fair in the process. Sometimes realtors get their arms up and and get in a huff and a puff because they've spent the time, because they've spent the accumulated the expenses, and now they're losing out on the opportunity of revenue for their business. So they can get their backs up against the wall sometimes, but that's not going to earn you anything. Like if, if the seller has already decided that it's not a fit and for whatever reason, you just need to be amicable about it and sit down and have a professional and, and, you know, conversation. Well, and to the agents, I mean, if you're going after them for compensation, do you really think you're going to get the listing next time when they go back on the market? Right. 
Or future business or repeat or referral or any of that If you're stuff. doing your job properly, this shouldn't happen often, although nowadays it is more common than ever before, but it, it will happen. You, you keep referring to this um, listing that we're going to be listing that was previously listed. Which may be on the market now, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the... Can I talk about it just for a second? This, the, Very vaguely, yes. The, the situation. So they were originally a client of ours. Yes. And then yes, had, we helped them buy and sell years and years ago. Like something like seven years ago. Right. But they had a family yeah. member or a close friend or something. Yes. A family member new to, I think maybe new to the country, newer to the country and also new to real estate. Right. So they felt a sense of, I don't know if it's a obligation, but they wanted to support them. Yeah, um, that I happens. believe that's probably the case. But and my client was really nice. Like she called me before I went on the market, or sent me a message uh, and let me know, "Hey, Adrian, just so you know, you're going to see our house come up on the market. I don't want it to be a surprise. This is what happened. Yeah, we still and think I very highly of that. you. I, I and very much. And I'm, yeah. I, you know, it sucks, of course, not to get a listing, but I respected that and I supported her and wished her well. And um, and you see a lot of realtors would have gotten to a huff about that. Yeah. Oh, why are you, li- why? Why are you listening with, and, and start grilling them? Right. But if you did that, you might not have got this opportunity. Right. Absolutely. Good yeah. professionalism, Adrian. Way Thank to go. You. Yeah. Just talk shit afterwards. <laughs> uh, anyways, so yeah, it didn't work out. Actually, it was funny. Not funny. Interesting though, because not long into the funny, process. Not funny, Funny enough, not long into the process of listing, uh, my client had reached out to me for advice to which I was unable to provide any information. And I informed her of how it works. You're, I can't talk to you, basically. Unless you want to talk about food or weather or politics, I can't talk to you about real estate. Don't talk about politics. No. Uh, and she respected that, too. And then we reconvened later on when she was able to talk. A lot of people don't know that. If you are under contract with a brokerage, another brokerage cannot be talking to you basically at all. Right. Which goes to also if you're if you're out there browsing on your own, waiting to find the right house before you call your agent, if the agent of the house that's for sale doesn't want to help you because of you already have a relationship with someone, that's one of the reasons. Technically, they're not allowed to talk to you. If you have ever experienced a home that you had listed for sale and it didn't sell, we'd love to hear your comments about how that transpired, how the process was, any horror stories. I'd love to hear any horror stories of people that got, quote unquote, screwed or had just a shit experience. So leave us a comment. Let us know. Ciao. Bye. There you go. Hope you enjoyed this episode. If it's ever happened to you, or if you have some insight into your thoughts as to whether or not a homeowner should be responsible for reimbursing an agent, let us know in the comments and subscribe.